This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, I think this next conversation is is going to, to provoke some response from you, so we'll, we'll certainly uh, allow for that. i got a few other things I wanted to talk about, too. But let's get into this, because, look, I, I'm a parent, uh, and so I, I can certainly relate to this story. What would you do as a parent if your child was being relentlessly bullied and it seemed like nobody, not the school, not police, were doing anything about it? And maybe they mean well, not as though they're ignoring it, but it's ongoing. I, I think as parents, you know, we feel kind of helpless and we feel as though, why aren't we doing something? <clears throat> right? Isn't it up to us to, to protect our kids? So that's why I can certainly understand the impulse here. Does that justify this response? So here's the story from our, our colleagues at Global News. And, and we'll allow our guests to, to explain it in more detail. But the RCMP and Jasper have charged a man with assault and uttering a threat following an online bullying incident involving an elementary student. RCMP say the man was concerned about a youth in his family who was allegedly bullied online. The man approached the youth he thought were responsible for bullying. Assault and threat took place, according to officers. Now, the man himself, Chris Beebe, as he explains it, his daughter has been harassed by other kids for years. She was told by one of these other kids online to kill herself. As he complained to the school, but felt that that wasn't getting anywhere. So he felt enough is enough and confronted these, these kids, who we believe are the ones that have been bullying his daughter as mentioned, four years. So joining us to tell us more about this story is the aforementioned uh, Chris Beebe is his name. He's, he's a dad in Jasper. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us here. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So how long ago was it that this occurred and, and that you were charged? Uh, so this happened the Friday before last. Um, I, well, I was actually charged last Wednesday. Okay, so the um, incident in question. Okay. The, yeah, and the incident itself happened on Saturday. I believe it was the 4th. Okay. So, you know, and, and given that there are some, some legal aspects now, we can be careful. Like, was, you know, we're not going to identify your, your daughter or what grade she's in or any of the names of these kids or what grade they're in. But Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, in your mind, this has been going on long enough. You, you believe you were well aware of, of who was responsible for this bullying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. I've... I've provided uh, hard proof, uh, which are in the form of screenshots from the Internet. Um, I've provided all of that stuff to the police. Um, They directly name who is saying what. Um, You know, and these kids are freely telling my daughter to kill herself and changing the group names to so-and-so should kill herself. And then they had the guts to invite myself to this chat room to watch what was happening online. How many kids are involved in this? As um, best you can there's tell. approximately seven, a group of seven kids. Um, now, it varies in degrees of severity between all the kids, um, but I mean, it's a large group of kids. Uh, these kids are known throughout the school as bullies. I'm not the only parent that has ever come forward with this, and I've got multiple complaints to the school to the teachers, um, it even the Friday before this event, so I guess it would have been the third, I was, my daughter came home at lunch crying, saying she was getting bullied. I went to the school and had a meeting with the vice principal at lunch that day. Uh-huh. And then that night, 
I get invited to this chat group. So you've done everything that anyone in that position would would be expected to do, right? You've you've talked to the school, you've approached the school, you've you've talked to police. You, you you've done well, everything I, that that's could reasonably be expected of you. Well, I hadn't talked to the police yet because I assumed that the school had been talking to these parents. Which, as it turns out, the more of these parents that reach out to me had no idea any of this was going on. They've never been contacted. They've never been called into the school. Nothing. So what, what had the school done, if anything, as best uh, as you can tell? To that point? Yeah. Ab- absolutely nothing. Wow. And, and, I, and I mean, that's, that's not even exaggerating. Like, absolutely nothing. Um, the, the reason that the police weren't called is because I didn't feel that it was something that really in, warranted police involvement. It warranted another parent to step up and call these kids and just be like, hey, man, like, enough is enough, okay? And I didn't feel that it needed to be to a place where the police need to get involved and, you know, charges being pressed. We just needed to make a few things aware. Um, The incident that happened happened in a public place. Um, I verbally scolded these kids. You know, there was two kids that I talked to that day. The one child, his family, his entire family came to my house approximately two hours later and apologized. That's a huge step for me. You know, that yeah. that takes, uh, you know, a lot of courage to do that. And as a family unit at that. And, you know, I'm not saying my reaction was correct, but my reaction was like there was never an intent to harm. I think some people are assuming that there was bad intent, but... There was never bad intent. The intent was to scare some kids that were bullying my child. I look at it more as posturing than anything, um, and I'll posture to protect my child. And it had completely worked until the police stepped in and basically told these kids that they had, that there was nothing that they that could be done. I would be the one in trouble. I'm the one that they're making the example out of. And then these kids freely walk past my daughter, smirking in her face. Um, there was even a point where I was standing outside the school with, a, with another person that I know, and these kids walked by me and walked for probably 100 feet from the school door, staring at me the whole time, smiling, walked past me, kept looking back, smiling, and then went home and told their parents I attacked them at school. And then, of course, the police called me, asking me what's going on. And I was like, well, it's a good thing I had a witness, eh? Well, yeah, no kidding. So does, does it sound like then one of the kids' parents are the, are the ones who phoned police? Uh, yeah. But, and, and I don't, well, I don't know who called the police. I don't really know anything, really. I mean, the police haven't even got back to me as far as what's being done on, for my child side of this. Their idea so far was to have an assembly. Um, during this assembly, the... Three officers that were there got called out on a call, so they didn't even finish their own assembly, and all these kids went back to class. Like, these kids are all in the same class. They've gone to school all their, you know, elementary school lives together. Okay, so now that the the police have been brought into this, are they they now aware of the bullying that have been going on? Is is that perhaps a possible silver lining here that will at least bring some attention to to what's been going on, or or has anything changed? I, I, I would hope so. I mean, 
I mean, really, like, nothing has happened except for the fact that I am being charged with assault and uttering threats. These kids, you know, were not dismissed from school, nothing. No consequences whatsoever. In my opinion, the police are positively reinforcing that it's okay for children to do what they want. They will not be held accountable. And, I mean, at what point, as a father, are you to protect, can you protect your child? You know, maybe when I grabbed the kid by his jacket and said, don't make me come back here, that was crossing the line. But at the end of the day, for a child to be afraid of physical danger for five minutes versus the torment that my daughter has been facing for the last years and then it exploding into this, I mean, there's a line that you just don't cross. And unfortunately, I'm the guy that's not afraid to cross it for what I believe in is right. And I will stand up for my daughter no matter what. Well, I think a lot of parents would, right? So, um, okay, because I wanted to focus on on you confronting them and, and what went down. So as you say, there, there was one that you admit you kind of grabbed by the collar of the coat. Yeah, right? so I basically, I went in, there was one kid, he was sitting in the stands at the arena, so I went up and sat beside him. And we had a good conversation, you know, there was some colorful language in there on my part. And I asked him if we would have to talk about this ever again. He said no. He was scared. He was shaking. Rightfully so. That's a pretty scary, I'm, I'm an intimidating looking guy, you know. Um, I'm a big tattooed man with a big beard, you know. <laughs> um, and, and that went fine. And then I left. And then I went, I was walking out the arena doors, and then there was the one main culprit. So I put my arm around him and said, you're the other guy that I've been looking for. And I opened the door. We went into another area that wasn't completely jam-packed with people. There was a few people in there. And I ripped into him verbally using colorful language and asked him if he thought it was funny to tell a 12-year-old girl to kill herself and to tell a 12-year-old girl to perform sexual you know, things on other people, Um, you know, naming the chat groups, you know, your mother's, your mother is a, you know, a whore or, but naming her out, you know, so-and-so should kill herself. Um, And it went kind of like that. And so I had a talk. I didn't touch him in any other way. I was pointing at him. And then when I was finished, I grabbed him by his jacket and basically said the same thing. Do we ever need to talk about this again? No, sir. Good, because I don't want to have to come back here. Okay. And I let him go, and I walked away. And then I got a phone. I I ended up getting a phone call from parents who I'm friends with at the arena saying that the cops were there. So, like, I went back there. I wasn't trying to hide anything. You know, there was no malicious intent there. The whole intent was leave my kid alone because I'm the last person that's going to take it. Right. So if police at least clarified for you where they think you crossed the line, because it doesn't seem, you know, talking to somebody, going up to somebody and saying, hey, listen, I've got an issue with you and here's my problem. That that doesn't seem to me like there's there's anything illegal going on there. What, what are police? What have they said to you? They haven't said anything to me. I have no idea what their stance is, where they're going with this. All I know is that. I've been up front with them, even the first from the first day i like he a police officer was walking to the arena as i was walking out and i said hey you're probably looking for me and we had a talk i told him what happened and 
you know, three days later, I am getting fingerprinted and mugshotted and sitting in an interrogation room. Like, I've never even been in trouble with the police ever in my entire life. I'm an upstanding member of my community. I'm a retired frontline EMS worker. Um, you know, I've worked on the crisis intervention and stress management team for Alberta Health Services. Like, I'm not a person that doesn't have a repu. I'm not a person who has a reputation for, you know, going around town being a bully and things like that. Like, I have a solid reputation in my community. Yeah. And now, it, it, since that happened, that's, yep. I mean, has the bullying stopped? Um, you know what? Pretty well has. It took a few days for things to settle down, but you know, I saw I saw one of one of the kids and my daughter walking home from school today, talking, smiling from what I could see, and like that's positive. That's awesome. But there needs to be a dialogue opened here. Like there are so many people suffering in this province that it is unacceptable, and it's unacceptable the way the schools are handling it. It's unacceptable the way the school boards are handling it, and it's totally unacceptable in my opinion how the police are handling it like it's it's a farce as far as i'm concerned i mean i had a police officer in a meeting with me on the first day that this all came to light and shake my daughter's hand telling her she's going to be safe and then sent her back to class with all the same kids well all right so what happens next for you here chris well i've got a court date april 13th i'm gonna focus on that for now and you know just kind of go from there and see what happens, really. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is on my part, I'm going to keep trying to spread it, spread awareness about this. Um, it's, it's unfortunate the way the whole thing is unraveled, but clearly something needs to be done. There's a problem, and it needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed now. The anti-bullying talk in school is a joke. The pink shirt day is a joke. People put a shirt on for a day and they're like, oh yeah, I'm anti-bullying and then the next day they're picking on kids at school. So have you had to hire a lawyer then, Chris? Yes, I have. Yeah. So, I mean, this this is going to be an ordeal, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and for a guy that has the reputation that I do in my town to end up with a criminal record out of this, like, that, that's that's pretty heavy. You know? Right. Well, look, and a lot of people are texting and, and some very supportive comments. What, what have you been hearing from people? Uh, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of support, and I've also had a lot of people asking me, you know, like, do you think what you did was right, you know? And I do. I stand by, I stand by my decision. I will protect my daughter at all costs. Um, and the people that have questioned about it, it, it's actually opened up kind of a nice dialogue, you know, like I'm having conversations with people on, you know, something that needs to be done. You know, some of these people that I'm having conversations with are friends with the parents of some of these kids. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying that, oh, these parents are bad parents. These parents are bad parents. Well, no, there's just a lot of children on the Internet that aren't being supervised is what's going on here. It's not to say that parents are bad parents at all, anything like that. Um, what it is is just there needs to be a lot more attention paid. We've got a lot of young people with access to the Internet and freedoms to do whatever they want, and their parents have no idea what is really going on. Yeah. Hey, how's your daughter doing? Man, I mean, uh, I'm sure she's well aware of all of this, too, on top of everything she's had to deal well, with. 
she's well aware, you know, she's a tough girl. She's from day one. I said to her, you know, you don't have to go to school. Oh, I'm going to school. I'm going to school. And so she's going to school. But I mean, at nighttime, when it's time to go to bed, she's afraid to go to sleep. Dad, will you lay with me? Dad, can you stay with me? You know, like she's got things rolling around in her head that a 12 year old child has no business even knowing about. All right. Well, Chris, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. We'll, uh, we'll we'll stay in touch. We'll see how this all plays out. I mean, uh, as you say, you, you're going to fight this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we certainly wish you well, Chris. Uh, take care and we'll be in touch. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it, Chris. Thanks again. There you go. That's uh, Chris Beebe. Uh, lives in Jasper. And so that's what he decided he needed to do. Didn't seem like things were getting anywhere with the school. Well aware of who these kids are. Did he do anything wrong in your view? Or what did he do wrong specifically? And maybe that's where he did cross the line, as he admits. He admits that he grabbed one of the kids by the jacket. He went down to talk to them. He went down to intimidate them, basically. You know, some people texting saying, look, he was restrained. I would have done a lot worse. If there is relentless and ongoing harassment and bullying of your child, and you know who's responsible, what would you do? Is anything wrong with him going down and saying, wait, those are, those are the kids. I'm going to go have a talk with these kids. Is it out of place? Now, look, for me as a parent, I mean, on the other side of it, if, if I had any inkling that one of my kids was doing something like that, I would want to know about it. And I would deal with those kids. So what did the, the parents of these kids know? As he says, there was, you know, one of the kids' parents, they didn't know. And they were glad that it was brought to their attention and they were going to deal with it. Hopefully we all as parents would be willing to, to confront and acknowledge what our kids have done. If our kids are involved in this kind of bullying, that we as parents would step in and take a very harsh view of that, that it shouldn't get to this point. So maybe that is part of the problem, that these parents are not aware of what their kids are doing online. But if you're the parent of the victim, you just sit back and you wait for the system to do what it can. Because in the meantime, it's ongoing every single day. And what happens? What happens if the unthinkable happens? And your child does take your own life. It's a little too late to do something at that point, right? So what would you rather do? Maybe possibly get in trouble with the police or have to deal with the unthinkable as a parent. So he's in a tough spot. But what do you make of his actions? We'll take a break. We'll come back. I want to get your phone calls. We'll read some of the texts coming in here. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.